1 John chapter 1, uh, we're in, in verse 1 through uh, 16 there. Last week we talked about, in the beginning was the Word. He is the Word. Amen? This week I want to talk to you about uh, this, this uh, statement. Let's read uh, from John chapter uh, 1, verse 1. Let's begin there. And read through a few verses, and I will talk to you. I want to talk to you about life and light. In the beginning was the Word, John chapter 1, verse 1. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or overtake it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Read that sentence again. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, and those who, to those who believe in his name. So this morning I want to talk to you about life and light. I want to talk to you about that statement that we just read there, in him was life. And the life was the light of men, verse 4. I want to just point some things out from this text. I, I wish we, we, we literally could stay uh, in uh, John chapter 1 uh, all for, for 12 or 15 weeks and not comprehend all that is there. We simply cannot do that. So what I'm giving you is little morsels from these passages. Hopefully it will stir hunger in you, and you will go home and you will dig through uh, these scriptures, and you will let them speak to you. But one of the things that he says there uh, is that in the beginning was the Word, and uh, the Word was with God, the Word was God, in Him was life, and the life was was the light of men. So the first point that this scripture makes is that before his birth, before his incarnation, he was. Life is in him. In him is life. I want you to just kind of imagine with me for a minute and and kind of absorb that and, and kind of let your mind wander through what it means to be alive before you were alive. He was before he was. It's that question that your children ask you, Mommy, where did God come from? Well, sweetheart, God was always there. How can that be? I don't know. He just was. Well, where is he now? He's still there. Where? There's no place that you can go from his presence, honey. He's there. Well, how did we get here? Life. Well, how old is God? 
he's really old. You understand that conversation and you understand the, the depth of the magnitude of the fact that before his incarnation, before his birth, he was. All things, the scripture says, that were made, were made by him and through him. And there is nothing that you have ever seen, that you have ever touched, that you have ever tasted, that was not made, that was made apart from him. All things that live exist through him. Listen, this is vitally important in the day that we live in. For you to have understanding of this. And for you to not feel the responsibility, as far as I'm concerned, to even have to be able to explain it. Those who tell you that God is not are the ones who put them in the position to need to explain why they've come to that conclusion. The scripture says he was, he is, and he is to come. Are you there? All things were made by him and through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. He procures life for all living things. He is life, and life comes from him. He is life, and life comes from him. And life does not exist apart from him. Are you there? Awfully quiet. I want you to think about this. He exists individually and independently outside of eternity. Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. He exists individually and independently outside of eternity. And then when he speaks of himself and he speaks of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and he speaks of their unity, he says in John chapter 17, hopefully we get a chance to look closely at that chapter, that, uh, Father, make them one as we are one. So connected, so in unity that he can say with all assurance, there is one God. He existed before time began. He stood there when God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. He participated in that process through the word. He was standing there participating in the statement, let there be light. And there was light. That's life. That's life. He was and is the living word. He said, my word will never pass away. My word will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. Heaven and earth will pass away. Everything that you know in existence will pass from the scene. But my word will stand forever. He was and is the living word. Job knew him as the living redeemer. 
before the cross. Think about it. Job understood him in that expression. He's the living redeemer. Before he had any concept of redemption. The way that we have an understanding of redemption on this side of the cross. Yet Job said, my redeemer. My redeemer. Life. In him, that passage said, was life. I want you to think about the life of sanctification, washing, cleansing from sin, the life of justification, being just before God, being, being uh, looked at by God, and God saying, you're justified. Come on in. The life of faith, it's all through him and him alone. It's through him. Life. He is life. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And that life has been in him since before time began. It has been his desire from the time of creation to impart and to procure to you eternal life. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you've not received the forgiveness of sin, I'm here to assure you that it is his desire that you would have life and have it eternally and abundantly. And he purchased and made the way for you to have it. 1 John 5 and 13, if you uh, read what John wrote there, he said, I write these things to you who believe so that you will know that you have eternal life. I write these things to you who believe so you will know with assurance that you have eternal life. Death in this life for the believer is just stepping through a door. You move from this place of existence to your eternal place of existence with one step. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. You step through life in him. And so he, was bold, he boldly said, those who come to me, they never die. You're like, wait a minute. We, 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 put, we put their body in the ground. They never die. They just stepped out of that old house and into their new one. They just changed the dresses. It's all they did. It's just an address change. Change of location. I'm always amazed as I contemplate these things because of, uh, it changes you, you know, when, when uh, your parents pass and when my father passed away and I was grieving and I was experiencing all that people experience. And the Lord said, you are never closer to him than when you worship me because that's where he is. So you want to hang out with dad? Just worship me. No, we don't have a conversation. He doesn't come and talk to me. Our attention is on the King of kings and Lord of lords. But when I'm worshiping, he's in the same room as I am. He's worshiping there too. So you want to get close to your loved ones who've gone on before you? Just worship. You don't worship them. You don't pray to them. You worship him, and there they are. 
They're still standing there amazed at what they found. Utter amazement. Life. I write these things to you who believe so that you will know that you have eternal life. John wrote in chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whosoever believed on him would have everlasting or eternal life. So it is with confidence. John is, is one of the greatest writers uh, with great confidence in Scripture. Everything he says, he says with such assurance. And so he says in this passage, in verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And that light comes into every man. Oh, but there are some people who say there is no God, and there's some people who say they don't believe in God, and there's some people who say all of this and all of that. Well, it doesn't matter what they say. The reality of it is my Bible tells me that he deposited life and light in every one of them, and if they will receive it, they will have it, and if they won't receive it, they can dwell in darkness if they choose to. But they choose to. There's really no such thing as an atheist. They came to that conclusion at some point. They determined to disregard their creator. They didn't just wake up an atheist. They weren't born thinking there is no God. The Bible has, says that he has written himself into the creation. They've had to disregard and disregard and disregard and disregard over and over again until they concluded that they would disregard him. And then they said, well, I'm an atheist. No, you disregarded him. That's what scripture says. Let's call it what it is. I'm disregarding I have determined to disregard God. Let's be really honest. In him was life. And then he goes on and he says in verse 4, the life was the light of men. I want to read John chapter 3, verse 18 through 21. Listen to this. He who believes in him is not condemned. Hallelujah. I think that ought to bring a shout right there, right? He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. See how with what, what confidence this man writes. It's either this way or that way. There's no gray in his writings. It is exactly this way. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Listen to this. This is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light. I'm an atheist. No, you just love darkness. 
Either God's telling the truth or they are. Which is it? I'm an atheist. No, you love darkness rather than light. I don't believe in God. No, you just love darkness rather than light. Let's be straight up. Let's not dance around the truth. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't speak the truth in love. We can be very gracious. We can be patient. We can have long-suffering, and we can pray. But in the context of believers gathering together, let's speak the truth. You're, you don't, you're not lacking belief in God. You've come to love darkness rather than light, or else Scripture is incorrect. I submit to you that it is not. So this is the condemnation. Light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Well, don't let that offend you. We are all evil. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. So what do we do about that? We get a new heart. The word says he takes out my heart of stone and he gives me a heart of flesh. He gives me something he can work with. So I no longer have that stony, hard heart. I have a heart that God has put in that is a heart of flesh that he can work with so that my heart is no longer deceitfully wicked. Because the heart of man, absent the presence of God, is deceitfully wicked. It's hardened against him. It's what Scripture says. So he says that we love darkness rather than light because our deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. You ever watch the news first thing in the morning? It's terrible what happens in the cover of darkness. Why? Because men without God, have come to love darkness rather than light. That's why more of those evil experiences take place in the cover of night. And then when a spirit of anarchy and lawlessness that has arisen, the Bible says, in the last days, then it just comes into the daylight. Happens all the time. But it starts in the cover of darkness. That's what Scripture says. All right. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds are exposed. Let's hide out in darkness. And the Bible says those things that are done in secret and those things that are done in darkness, Scripture tells us, it's not even good to speak of them in the light. In other words, he's saying don't. Don't focus on and concentrate on and articulate about all of that stuff. Let's move on. Let's move to the good stuff. Somebody say that. Let's move to the good stuff, Pastor. Get off of this heavy evil stuff. Everyone who practices evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds are exposed. But he who does the truth. Come on. But he who does the truth. That, now, mm, let me help you here. He who does the truth. Not he who thinks about the truth. He who talks about the truth. 
He who practices the doing of what is right. This is righteousness lived out. Right living. He made you righteous, so now it's time to live right. Are you here? How come we don't like that second part? Oh, he made me righteous. Leave me alone. No, he made you righteous. Live right. Live right. So John says, he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Oh, I think we ought to just massage that in our thinking for a little bit. He who does right does so in the light so that his deeds can be seen and so that everyone will know that he does those things in God. How many are in God this morning? How many have God in you? What fun is this? The tru- he, does the tru- he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen. You as a believer, I as a believer, should not be living in, if you are living in any circumstance that has the need to be hidden, anything you have in your life that needs to be shrouded, the Holy Spirit would like to address that with you and help you through that. He's not condemning you. He certainly would like to set you free. That's bondage for you. That's keeping you in a place of restriction. That's keeping you in a place of bondage. That's robbing you of the life of God, the richness and the fullness of the life of God in your life. Anything you need to do in the dark, the Holy Spirit is trying to address that with you. The Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you about that. The Holy Spirit is trying to bring you to a place of freedom in that area. If it needs to be hidden, then it is not being done in God. Okay, listen to what Psalm 119, 130 says. Say, get to the good stuff, Pastor. I was heavy, revy right there. Psalm 119, 130 says this. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. One of my favorite passages of scripture because I is one. The simple. The entrance of his word gives light. It light. It gives understanding to the simple. James 1:18 says uh, says this, of his own will, listen to this, James 1, 18, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. He spoke the word. He spoke the word that brought you forth. There was a word over you when you were conceived. Every one of you, when you are conceived, there is a word from God that is spoken over you. He brought you forth by his word. You're like, wait a minute, my mommy and daddy didn't even get along. They hated each other. 
I never knew him or I never knew her. He brought you forth by his word. You need to forget about that brokenness of your past and get up under that word that he brought you forth with. It's time for you to discover what the word says about you. change your life so the bible says of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creature that we might be his favored ones the first those created in his likeness and in his image that we might be, the first fruits is the choice fruit. He brought you forth by his word so that you would understand that you are the choice fruit unto him. I'm, I'm, wait a minute, wait a minute. God's best? Come on. First unto the Lord, God's best, his favored. He brought you forth by his word so that you might be choice. He chose you so that you could be choice. Oh man, isn't that good for isn't that good for that right there? Isn't that good for heart? He chose you so that you would be choice. Our life came to us through the power and life of the word. God said, let it be so. And he never took that back. So we keep coming. So it says, the light shined in darkness, and the darkness could not overtake it. The darkness could not comprehend it. The darkness cannot shut it down. You can take a little tiny candle, and you can shine it in the darkest of places, and the darkness cannot hide the light. Do you understand that? Darkness cannot overtake light. Everyone's all worried because the world's in such a bad place. But the Bible tells me that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. There is no darkness that can overtake the light. He said that you are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nobody takes a light and then lights it and then puts it under a basket or a bushel or hides it under some kind of covering so that it can't be seen. I made you a city on a hill. Light. The light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot overtake it. The light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light. Those who practice evil hate the light. You wonder why some people don't like you much? Light them up. Come on. You get amazed at somebody who's put off by the things of Jesus and put off by you. Don't be amazed by that. 
light. But we, saints of God, we don't just live in the light. We walk in the light. 1 John 1, 5 says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Uh, Listen, I continually say this. I'm going to say it again. I want you to get this in your understanding. If you are in the process of life and you're trying to make a decision and you get to to a point where you got a deadline and a decision and you cannot understand what decision you should make, don't make a decision in the dark. Stop. That's just wisdom. Wait until there is understanding. Wait until there is light from him. Wait until there is illumination. Don't push your way in and get your way. Oh, but I'm going to miss the deadline. Then miss it. Doesn't God understand my deadline? Yes, he does. He's trying to save you some heartache. If he doesn't give you the go-ahead, don't go ahead. I wish I would have known that when I was a young man because I did some going ahead that I wouldn't have done if I would have listened to the heartbeat of the Spirit of God. We walk in light. If we're in a situation where there's shadow and darkness, we've not yet heard from God. Stop. Wait until there's illumination or understanding. Well, what if it doesn't come? Then skip it. That that flies in the face of everything we've been taught, particularly as Westerners and independent, self-made, self-thinking, self-promoting, self, 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 self. Ooh. Where'd that come from? (laughs) Flies in the face of everything we understand in our natural thinking, but the Bible tells us not to lean to our own understanding. We walk in the light. We don't dwell in darkness. So we wait for illumination and understanding from the Word of God. In His Word is life and light. And if it upsets somebody because you say, I can't make this decision yet, I've not heard from God, I don't have understanding about if it's best for me or not, and they're going, oh, but you're going to miss your opportunity, miss it. Just miss it. How many understand that those kinds of opportunities come along next week when that same salesman wants to sell to you again? He's got to have a commission check every month. So the opportunity will be there next month if it's any good. And if it's going to disappear that fast, it's no good. Wow. In him is no darkness at all. We've got to get our our understanding wrapped around that. In him is no darkness at all. If he dwells in you, then you wait until his light illuminates. You don't live, dwell, decide, move, step in darkness. There is no such thing as blind faith. It's not biblical. We step with clear steps. 
with full understanding. We get foolish and we go to stepping and we call it blind faith. Okay, God, I'm just going to walk off the cliff. Catch me. Splat. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we are lying. Verse 6. Are you hearing that? John is very bold on this point. If we say that we have fellowship with God and we are taking steps in darkness, we are lying because God doesn't lie. In him, there's no darkness. So we wait until he, through his spirit, brings illumination. If we walk in the dark and we say we're walking with him, we're lying. We're lying because he doesn't lie. That's powerful. It's profound. And it would save all of us so much heartache if we would live here. If, verse 7, thank you, God, for the good stuff, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, with all those light walkers. We have fellowship. We are bound together in the fellowship of the believers as walkers in the light. And his blood cleanses us from all sin. Somebody say all. All sin. So in him there is no darkness, no shadow. And if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. His blood cleanses us from all sin. Even the simple can live this way. Even the simple. You say, oh, pastor, I'm not. There are people who have always said, pastor, I don't, I don't understand the word. I'm, I'm, not so, I'm not so smart. I'm not a good reader. I, I don't comprehend things very well. You can live here. If I can walk this walk, anybody, believe me. You ever been in one of those classes with one of those teachers, and you're like, if that person can pass that test? <laughs> you ever had your kids in a class, and you're like, my God, if that person can become a teacher, I could have I showed them up. Okay, if I can walk with God, y'all are laughing about experiences you've had. <laughs> if I can walk with God, if I can walk in the light, I assure you that you can walk in the light. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 5, if any of us lack wisdom, if we lack understanding, if you lack understanding, you go to him and you ask. Well, what if he doesn't meet my deadline? Don't worry about your deadline. Go to him and ask. The Bible says he gives to all men liberally and withholds nothing. And he lacks wisdom, lacks understanding. Let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and withholds nothing, and it will be given to him. Let's stand.